click drive time keeping you informed and inspired we love god we ought to be able to talk about him getting you started on your day with the latest in breaking news and information from the vatican to the white house and everything in between it's serious it's fun it's your catholic drive time and welcome to catholic drive time this is your host adrian fonseca today is monday september 11th 2023 the feast of saint polcria St. Polcria was the granddaughter of Theodosius, who was baptized by St. John Chrysostom in Constantinople. Imagine getting baptized by a saint. That's pretty awesome. At a very young age, she made a vow of virginity along with her other two younger sisters, a family of virgins. What a beautiful thing. And six years after her father's death, she was to proclaim empress and named the regent for her younger brother, Theodosius II, at the age of 15. And just kind of if you're not familiar with how these things work, because her brother was the rightful heir to the throne, but he was too young to take the throne, they made her the acting empress while her brother was still a child. And once he became of age, he, he would then become king. St. Pulcria displayed exceptional prudence and maturity in her role as regnant, a rare quality of someone of such a young age. And she... She actually went through and started suppressing throughout her kingdom the heresy, the heresy of Nestorianism, the heresy of Pelagianism, the heresy of Arianism all throughout the country. But then her younger brother, who was to become king, married Athenius and who was a daughter of a pagan philosopher and a follower of the heresy Nestorian, Nestorian heresy. So the new empress, the spouse of the king, then exiled St. Polcria, who was the former empress. And so during this time, she withdrew from the, the court and she went into a period of prayer and sacrifice. Eventually, St. Polcria persuaded Theodosius to withdraw his support for the heresy of the monk Eutyches, following the, mono, the uh, monophysicism heresy, which is the heresy that our Lord is has one nature, but a God divine mixed, mixture made nature, kind of like a, a blend. He was a blend of of human and divine, which is a heresy, and got his brother, her brother, to follow the teachings of Saint Leo the Great instead. She died in 450, and she and at the time, no, her brother died at 450. My mistake. And after her brother's death, she was then again proclaimed empress. And when, as empress again, she played a key role in the Council of Chalcedon, condemning monophysicism completely. And the last thing I'll point out here was that she faced the threat of Attila, you know, Attila the Hun. And St. Pocria agreed to marry the general Marcion to maintain the stability of the empire. However, it was on the condition that they, that he respect her vow of virginity. And so she remained a virgin, even in her marriage, a Josephite marriage, which kind of makes me think that her husband must have been a very saintly man himself. Now, together, they governed the empire with Marcion taking measures against Nestorius, Eutyches, and protected the true Catholic bishops against the heretics. So what should we ask of St. Pulcria? We should ask her for the grace to understand and make understood with renewed ardor our role as laymen in temporal society following the divine providence. So we ask that our Lord grant us this, this grace to be able to influence others and to show forth in a temporal sphere how we can smash heresy. St. Polcria, pray, pray for, for us. us.
Happy Monday to you. Good morning to you, Mr. Rudy Carlos. Hey, good morning, Adrian. Good to be here. It's another Monday, and guess what? It's what? a special Monday today. It is? Yes. Okay, tell it's me. Because Why this week kicks off our fall share here no at the Guadalupe Radio way. Network. Yeah. You're telling me share is already here? That is true. I feel true. like it was just like, what, three, four months ago? I know, yeah. Well, it happens uh, pretty often here. Uh, we are 100% listener-supported, so please consider uh, making a pledge today, and uh, we'll give out that number a little bit later today. But, uh, yes, it begins today. This is the uh, the fall share for the Guadalupe Radio Network. If uh, Catholic Radio means anything to you, if uh, you love our show and uh, you listen every morning, please consider supporting us. Absolutely. You know, the so our share begins tomorrow at the 7 o'clock hour, uh, but actually in Amarillo, it begins today at the 7 o'clock hour. So if you are in Amarillo, you're going to get a kickstart with all unique content from very special guests. So you should definitely uh, be ready for that. It's going to be very exciting. So uh, shout out to everybody in the Amarillo area. God bless you guys. And please be generous. We'd be very grateful. And uh, we, for the rest of our stations, we're going to be still kicking off at 7 o'clock in the uh, in the seven o'clock hour across the GRN, uh, so that'll be a great time. So please be generous, support your local Catholic radio station, and we'd be very grateful if you gave us a shout out. You can always hop on our website throughout the week and donate online. And if you do, just leave a comment. Tell them uh, Catholic Drive Time sent you. And if you call in, uh, you can call in in our hour. We're going to be broadcasting at the nine o'clock Central Time hour. And if you would like to call in during our hour, we would be very grateful for your support. Um, but if not, just let them know Catholic Drive Time sent you whenever you call in. Uh, now, this weekend, I had a really great time. I'll tell you all about it in the after show today. Today's going to be the only day this week we do an after show because of our share um, And I want to tell you about a wedding I went to this weekend, which was a lot of fun. So I'll tell you about that later. But shout out to my friend Rafe and his newlywed, and his, 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 as a newlywed, praise be to God, and pretty amazing, him and his lovely wife. And so shout out to Rafe and his wife. There's a beautiful wedding. It was wonderfully done, and I'll tell you all about that uh, later on in the next hour, or in the after show, rather. At 15 past the hour, Mayor Adams of New York basically said that New York City is done because of illegal immigration. Very interesting. At 30 past the hour, the media pushes for women to stay single. Is this actually a good idea? We'll talk about that at 30 past the hour. At 45 past the hour, anti-police Democrat gets mugged. And then she says that she's calling for law enforcement to be enforced. And I'm thinking, okay, that's interesting. So I guess that's good. I guess that's good. And, of course, we have our Fear and Trembling game show coming up in the next hour. So it's going to be a great time. Lots going on. You're not going to want to miss any of it. We have a jam-packed show and have a lot to share with you in the after show as well. So you please stick with us and do us a favor. If you're watching online or if you're watching and uh, listening via podcast, uh, do us a favor, like, subscribe, share. It does a lot to help us. Leave a comment down below, even if it's something just very simple. Um, we'd be very grateful. It helps us out tremendously. And if you're listening on the radio side, well, in that case, uh, hop onto our social media streams because we'd love to interact with you directly there. So you're always welcome to hop on there and get the show after the fact. If you miss any of it, you have to turn off for a second. You can always come back and find us there. And you can always share our show with people. You're like, oh, man, I really wanted to get to show this with someone, uh, but they're not listening to the radio right now. Well, you can always go to our social media feeds and find that clip and send it over to whoever you think needs to hear it. So make sure you do that. We'd be very grateful. But let's begin with prayer. 
I want to pray a special way for my grandfather who's dealing with cancer and that he be miraculously healed from his cancer. We pray for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for, for the salvation of souls and liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church. We pray for all those who are victims of divorce, and we pray for whatever thing, whatever you have going on this week, whatever difficulties are in your life, we're praying for that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O Blessed Virgin Mary, Immaculate Mother of God, who didst endure a martyrdom of love and grief, beholding the sufferings and sorrows of Jesus. Thou didst cooperate in the benefit of my redemption by the innumerable afflictions, and by offering to the Eternal Father his only begotten Son, as a holocaust and victim of propitiation for my sins. I thank thee for the unspeakable love which led thee to deprive thyself of the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, true God and true man, to save me a sinner. Oh, make use of the unfailing intercession of thy sorrows with the Father and the Son, that I may steadfastly amend my life and never again crucify my loving Redeemer by new sins. Arid that, persevering till death in his grace, I may obtain eternal life through the merits of his cross and passion. Mother of love, of sorrow, and of mercy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. And now, your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Here are some of today's breaking news and stories. The Daily Wire reports Glenn Youngkin grants absolute pardon to Luden Dad arrested at school board meeting. The father was arrested in 2021 at a school board meeting after the superintendent lied about his daughter's rape by a skirt-wearing boy. After an ensuing verbal confrontation, Scott Thomas Smith was charged with obstruction of justice and disorderly conduct. And Smith was quickly convicted, even though an appeals court later disqualified the prosecutor due to concerns about the integrity of the prosecution. The rapist was eventually convicted in juvenile court, but due to a mistake, will not be placed on the sex offenders registry. And the Secret Service agent who was about, uh, who was with JFK raises new questions about the assassination. Paul Landis, who is now 88, was a young agent tasked with protecting First Lady Jackie Kennedy as JFK's motorcade paraded through Dallas in 1963. He recalls hearing the gunshot ring out in Dealey Plaza while he was walking just a few feet away from the president. He then heard an additional two shots and saw Kennedy kneeled over at the back of an open limousine. If what he says is true, it means that the central thesis of the Warren report, the single bullet theory, is wrong and it may open new speculation over the death of then-President John F. Kennedy. And Ground News reports powerful quake in Morocco kills more than 2,000 people and damages historic buildings in Marrakech. Please pray for the repose of these souls. A powerful earthquake struck near Marrakech, Morocco, killing over 1,000 people and leaving more than 1,200 injured. The magnitude earthquake was uh, 6.8, and the, it was the strongest in Morocco in 120 years, causing widespread devastation, flattening homes and damaging buildings in remote mountain villages in, in and around Marrakech. The earthquake in Morocco is considered rare, as destructive earthquakes are not common in the area. Now, those were some of your headlines today, but in the next segment, I will share with you an interesting story of the Chinese underground Catholic Church, so stay tuned for it. Back to you, Adrian. The Gospel of the Day comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. Now, this is the story of the man who had a withered hand. And the Pharisees saw him, and they looked at our Lord and just watched him, waiting for him to do something, because it was the Sabbath. 
and he was waiting for him to heal him so they could accuse him. And so our Lord tells them, he says, I ask you if it be lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy. And looking around about on them all, he said to the man, stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it forth and his hand was restored. And they were filled with madness and they talked one with another what they might do to Jesus. Now, this is very interesting because one is a recognition of the Sabbath because we celebrate the Lord's Day on Sunday. And this is something that is often not celebrated correctly. We should try to avoid doing work on Sunday as much as possible. But all of the Catholic commentators from John Vianney to St. Alphonsus Liguori will all say that, of course, you can do good on the Lord's Day. On the Lord's Day, if you want to volunteer at a soup kitchen, you are more than welcome to do so. What we're talking about when we say when we say to rest on Sunday is to rest from labor. So if you are doing normal labor, cutting your grass, doing the laundry, things like that, you should avoid. That's something you could do on Monday. That's something you could have done on Saturday. Something that could be done at a later date. But to do good, you are always welcome to do good because the Sabbath was not made for man, but and not or rather the other way around. Man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath for the man. And so too with the Lord's Day. Now in verse 11, Cornelius Alapide comments on this and says, And they were filled with madness. They were deprived of understanding. They could not answer him a word. They were filled with anger because they could not gainsay the reasoning of Christ. And with envy, as Assyriac renders it, which was the cause of their madness. Their eyes were blinded so that they could not see the truth. Hence, Francis adds, They communed one with another what they might do with Jesus, how they might make away with him. Now notice here, from Luke chapter 6, they're already scheming how to get rid of this Jesus guy. They do not like him. Why do they not like him? For he tells the truth and he points out the errors of the Jews. Now our Lord here recognizes their hearts as we saw in verse, what is that, 9? He says here, in verse 8 rather, that he knew their thoughts because our Lord can read our minds. He knows the depths of our hearts. And so when they recognize that they are filled with madness, we have to recognize that anger should be directed towards good. If anger is not directed towards good, it will deprive you of understanding. But when your anger is directed towards the defense of Almighty God, then it can give you clarity. But anger has to be paired with the virtues. Otherwise, you have what the Pharisees had, which is madness. We'll be right back with more right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to share your Catholic faith with one another. Wouldn't it be great if everyone eagerly shared their faith? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. 
They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. And welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. It's always good to be here with you on this beautiful Monday morning. Honestly, it was really nice. I got in my car this morning, 69 degrees. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kind of felt, uh, felt a little bit of that uh, cool autumn morning. What is there this? on my way coming back. It's, it's like so strange. Actually huh? fall. <sighs> I was blown away. I even sprinkled a little bit of uh, pumpkin spice in my coffee this morning. Oh, I'm not surprised. You no. do seem like the pumpkin spice kind of guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what's yeah, that, it's, what's it's that Cali- supposed to be? It's the Californian in you. Oh, okay. In you. No, but I got, I walked out and there was a nice breeze too. And so the humidity was not very bad either. I was very... I was like, I kind of don't want to get in my car. I just kind of stand outside for a little bit. I kind of don't want to come in today. I want to just go kayaking or something. <laughs> Did you go kayaking? No, I didn't go kayaking. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, there you go, folks. <laughs> anyway, the story here is with Eric Adams. He's the mayor of New York. And it's really interesting because the mayor of New York has his very, very pro-immigration. And New York as a state, and New York City specifically, is a sanctuary city. He has said in the past... We should protect our immigrants. Yes, New York City will remain a sanctuary city under an Adams administration. Hashtag Eric on NBC. That's what he put on uh, Twitter or what is now known as X. Uh, But it seems that he has changed his tune a little bit. I want to play this clip for you. It's a clip three of Eric Adams, what he has recently said about the immigration situation. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just getting Venezuela. Now we're getting... In Ecuador, now we get Russian speaking coming through Mexico. Now we get uh, Western Africa. Now we get people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We got a twelve billion dollar deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you ask me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. 
How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City? It's gonna come to your neighborhoods. All of us are gonna be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now with 110,000, the city we knew we're about to lose. And we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island saying, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. No, it's not the game we can play. Open the floor. All right, the floor is open. So the uh, situation here is pretty, pretty amusing to me because he comes out and he's very much if you had told me this was a Republican, I would have believed you. If you had told me, oh, this was a Donald Trump speech, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me. But yet it's the Democrat mayor of New York City who is very, very pro-immigration when no immigrants were coming into New York City. But then Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis starts sending people to the sanctuary cities because, you know, they're sanctuary cities. And I've heard, I've been told, I've been credibly informed that Texas and Florida are very not welcoming or not a good place to live, very dangerous to be here, um, that, it's, that we hate people, we hate immigrants. So why would they want to be here? I don't know why they want to be here. So we're very kindly and charitably sending them to places that are sanctuaries and get What's the response from the New York mayor? We don't want you. Go home. Get out of here. You're going to ruin New York. Wow. That seems kind of xenophobic. Very strange. Very strange how the tune changes when it affects your community. In fact, this is one of the statements he made. He said, this weekend we learned that Governor Abbott is once again deciding to play politics with people's lives by by resuming the busing of asylum seekers to New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Denver, and Washington, D.C. In addition to calling Texas governor morally bankrupt, Adams also accuses him of racism, of course. Of of course. But does that make him racist now because of his comments about illegal immigrants going to ruin New York City? Um, I wonder. It is also impossible to ignore the fact that Abbott is now targeting five cities run by black mayors. He said, but put plainly, Abbott is using the crisis to hurt black-run cities. Wait, are you saying having illegal immigrants are going to hurt cities? I thought that that was going to help the city. I thought they're sending their best, right? People who are going to be producing, people who are going to be helping the city, creating more culture, creating more jobs, uh, filling jobs that are in demand. Uh, Isn't that what I was told? That's what I was told. So if if Mayor... Abbott, Governor Abbott is sending the illegal immigrants to your cities, to black-run cities. Isn't he helping black-run cities? How is it hurting? Hmm. Very interesting. It's almost as if they just say whatever is necessary to hurt the cities that don't affect them. It's as if they don't care about anybody but themselves. Now, at first, I was like, this is a very interesting story and very good that these people are going to, I'm getting mugged by reality. I'm like, all right, well, there you go. They're getting mugged by reality. Now they're going to be forced into recognizing this is a real problem and push for more strict immigration laws, right? That's, that's what you'd assume, right? No, 
That's not what happened. Instead, here is uh, what I learned here. Officials who requested anonymity told the L.A. Times that the Biden administration is, quote, considering forcing some migrant families who enter the country without authorization to remain near the border in Texas while awaiting asylum screening, effectively limiting their ability to travel within the United States. Many other many of these mayors are encouraging the federal government to put in a, quote, stay in Texas law to force them to not be able to send them anywhere else, that they have to all stay in Texas. Under the plan, certain migrant families would be forced to, quote, to remain in Texas or possibly other border states by tracking their location through GPS monitoring devices such as ankle bracelets, end quote. Isn't that interesting? So instead of learning their lesson, being like, you know what? That's crazy. I I thought that this, you know, this this is going to be great. But now that I'm witnessing it firsthand, uh, Texas was so right. Uh, Florida, y'all were so right. I'm sorry. Let's fix this. Let's make things better. Instead, they're like, whoa, y'all need to make y'all states the worst. But our states, we don't want any of that. Hmm. Very interesting. The other interesting thing is this is not just the case in New York City. See, Texas has bused over 35,000 migrants to uh, D.C., New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, Denver, L.A., uh, D.C. They sent 1,100. In New York City, they sent 13,000 or sorry, 11,300 to D.C., 13,000 to New York, 6,700 to Chicago, 2,600 to Philadelphia, 1,000 to Denver and 480 to L.A. Now, Chicago's citizens came out. And they had a lot to say about the situation. I want to play that clip for you. That's a clip five. I want to play. It's very interesting what they had to say here. People in our community would completely wipe out any interest we have. Are you aware that there are immigrant advocates at state houses all over this country who are, who are advocating for non-citizen voting in local elections? What if that happened here? That would change the mindset of what we as a black community need to thrive here in Chicago. That's a concern of ours. This is much bigger than the mayor of Chicago or Chicago Police Department. This is an effort to destroy our neighborhoods and silence our voices even further. Politically, having over 500 people in our community would completely wipe out any interest we have. Are you aware that there are immigrant advocates at state houses all over this country who are who are advocating for non-citizen voting in local elections? All right, we will stop that right there. Um, yeah, this is very interesting. This is very good because the people in these localities is recognizing that they have an identity as a culture and we can you can make arguments about chicago culture and things like that or whether or not it's good or bad uh, but nonetheless what's rec- being recognized is local cultures have local culture and if you import a bunch of foreigners into that culture whether it be californians moving to other states whether it be people in the midwest coming up to the north and then all of a sudden you flood them with people it doesn't matter if it's mexicans or polish people or vietnamese people it's going to change the culture. And that's what they're realizing. They're saying, oh, my goodness, there's a bunch of people that don't share our values, have different values than we do, have different interests than we do, who don't speak our language. And now they're going to be having a massive, massive voting block in our community. So what do we do about that? 
Now, if you say that in Texas, all of a sudden you're racist. But if you say that in Chicago, it's a real concern. I think that's very interesting. Now, the last thing I want to say about this is the question, morally speaking, relating to the Catholic faith. Because many people will say, well, that's all good and all, but we as Catholics have to support immigration. Um, Show me where it says that. Where has church teaching ever said that we have to do that? It does not say that. In fact, if you go read what St. Thomas Aquinas said about immigration, because yes, in the Summa Theologiae, St. Thomas actually addresses the question of immigration. He says that countries have a right to be able to make their own laws in regards to immigration. He says that we should respect and care for the sojourner, which is someone who is journeying. So if, for instance, someone from Mexico was trying to travel through the United States to get to to Canada, you would say, okay, well, you welcome them, you treat them with respect. And of course, we have the, the right to, we have the duty to respect the human dignity of all people, of course, of course, but we have a right to our laws. And the immigrant has a duty. This is what most people forget, is that rights and duties go together. If you have a right to something, there's a corresponding duty. And if we have a right to take care of the immigrant who comes in, they have a duty to respect our laws. But the key law is our immigration law to come into our country legally. Then you receive the rights that you deserve. Obviously, we don't want to abuse people, but we have to enforce our laws. This is a Catholic teaching. This is what St. Thomas Aquinas taught. It is not against Catholic teaching to say we have to restrict immigration. It is not against Catholic teaching to say that we have to enforce our laws. And it is not against Catholic teaching to say that immigrants have a duty to obey the laws of the country they are coming into. So much more could be said about the immigration topic and much more will be said. But that's going to do it for right now. When we come back, uh, some more concerning stories coming up next. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. According to the American court system, can a jury of 12 citizens who are of varying moral beliefs, backgrounds, and persuasions objectively deem a person not guilty who actually committed the crime? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, church law. In the same manner, the Apostolic College, who are the unique inheritors of the Catholic Church authority, were also granted that same power. Secondly, certain limitations. The court of 12, called a jury, can only grant acquittal or guilt. The Apostolic College, proceeding from the Twelve Apostles, can declare a third position, that being innocence, different from acquittal. And thirdly, a tough comeback. The jury of twelve wields frightening power that changes lives. The church also wields magnificent power that changes guilt into forgiveness and pardon. Is your Bible church obedient to James chapter 5, which says, Call for the elders of the church, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So if you ask your pastor to provide weekly opportunities to confess sins, will he? great if everyone read the Bible regularly? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and stories for you. 
New Mexico governor, governor suspends Second Amendment. New Mexico Democratic Governor Michelle Grisham issued an order on Friday suspending state residents' rights to carry guns for self-defense in Albuquerque for 30 days. She justified the move by declaring that recent gun violence in the region constituted a public health emergency. When questioned about her order's contradiction of the Second Amendment, the governor said, quote, no constitutional right is intended to be absolute, unquote. And the Sound of Freedom producer Eduardo Verastiki announces a bid to be the next president of Mexico. He says, quote, it's a fact, it's time. After a period of discernment, I've made the most important decision of my life. I have registered with the INE, that's the Instituto Nacional Electoral, my intention as an inspiring independent candidate for the presidency of the Mexican Republic for the elections on June 2nd, 2024, unquote. He says, uh, continuing, the political class wants to destroy the institution of the family. They want to destroy our lives and pervert your children. I dream of a Mexico that allows God to be at the center of our nation, unquote. And here's an awesome story. I recommend you check it out on Catholic News Agency. The headline is, A Profile in Courage, Cardinal Kung and Catholic Resistance in Shanghai. On the evening of September 8, 1955, public security officers of the Chinese Communist Party launched a mass arrest of Catholic clergy in the city of Shanghai. Among them was the first native-born bishop of the city, Ignatius Kung Pin Mei. By the end of the month, over 1,200 priests and lay faithful were arrested, interrogated, and imprisoned. This carefully orchestrated event was the culmination of a multi-year process by the Chinese uh, Communist Party to break Catholic resistance in the city and bring the Catholic Church under the control of the state. The decision to focus on Shanghai was deliberate. It was the hub of the Catholic Church in China, and Cardinal then Kung was not the only important Catholic leader in the country, but also the very embodiment of the unwavering fidelity to the Petrine office. Kung knew he would be arrested, and to maintain the long-term survivability of the church, he needed to prepare the laity to pass down the faith. He built an impressive network in Shanghai that allowed the church to continue operating. Now, you can continue reading this story. It's, uh, it really documents this, this awesome, awesome courage of this uh, bishop. But uh, those are all your headlines this morning, and may God bless all of your holy efforts today. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Uh, Rudy, do you remember, before we jump into this next story, do you remember 9-11? Yes, I do, actually. Now, today's the, what's the, how many See, years? 2001. Now I'm going to maybe do math on air. 2023, yeah. <laughs> so 22 years? 22 years ago. Yeah, I remember the day very clearly. Um, they let us out of school early, and uh, I just happened to live, like, literally a block away from school. So I walked home. Very odd circumstance uh, gathered with friends and we just kind of were trying to figure out what exactly was going on yeah i was in a pre-k three wow yeah so i was three years old kinder yeah so you don't remember anything so i don't remember anything wow i remember the only thing i remember is my uh, parents picking us up from school that's it that's all i remember of it yeah and yeah that's all i remember so we're getting it's kind of weird for a lot of um people of uh, a older vintage to realize that um, people around my age and younger, like there's they no memory, no connection. no connection to 9/11. Yeah. Like that connection is gone, and that that world that people kind of remember, and they're like, oh, remember the way it was after 9/11. That memory doesn't exist, or even before. Remember or, going yeah. through the airport, not having TSA, like yeah. all of those things. Uh, that's just a common experience for for younger people now. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. It's really interesting. I go, people would tell me like, oh yeah, I used to walk through the airports and do these kind of things. But I think it's what the interesting thing is, 
there's nothing that unites Americans the way 9-11 did. Mm-hmm. Like, I hear stories. I wasn't around. I don't remember. the. I hear stories. People say, you know, it was different. Like, whenever this happened, like, the community got together. Um, there was kind of a, a ceasefire between the left and the right. Uh, there was actual camaraderie. Uh, people were going back to church. But then you see the crisis that happens in our times, and it's the exact opposite. The divide gets bigger. Uh, nobody goes to churches. Like, it's worse. Everything is worse. And for people my age and younger, and especially younger, because just people three years younger than me have zero memory of 9-11. They weren't even alive. They weren't even born yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my little sister was uh, was born in 2020, 2002, I think. 2002 she was born. And to her 2003, one or the other. So she didn't even remember. She wasn't born. She wasn't even born during 9-11. And so... We really are in a weird situation, and everybody talks about remembering 9-11 today, um, but uh, my generation uh, does not remember 9-11. They, they can't remember it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you point out uh, this reaction from the country afterwards. Uh, it, it really was something that we haven't seen in a very long time, but it was, a, it was almost a resurgence of patriotism, um, the likes of which we haven't seen um, in response to so many other crises that we've uh, experienced in the country, you would expect, you know, uh, uh, seeing COVID happen, you would expect a sort of similar reaction with uh, the amount of people who passed away, the the sort of uh, uh, common experience that we all had being locked down. But uh, no, it just gets it gets uh, divided and di- divided uh, more each day. Mm. Well, today on 9-11, let's uh, pray for the repose of the souls of all those who died. And 9-11, and mm-hmm. also for all those who died in the aftermath of 9-11, the, the wars and the battles that were fought after 9-11. So prayers for those souls, for the repose of their souls, the salvation of souls. Um, but I want to talk about this other story here. Uh, the media pushes for young women to stay single. And my question is, is this a good idea? Now, this video clip kind of went viral a little bit. This video clip went a little viral. It was all about... Uh, women wanting to, um, you know, just chill being young. And, you know, there's some truth to this in the sense that I get it. I understand. Like, if you can't get married because of whatever, it's not your fault that you can't get married. Well, I mean, there's no big deal. I mean, I, I, that's the situation in my myself. I mean, I would love to be to be married at uh, the 25 years old. I'm getting old, getting up there in age. My sister is also the same way. My older sister, she wants to be married. She's already going to be i think she's 20 i'm really bad about remembering my siblings ages that's really bad i think she's 28 i'm not sure um and we and we, yeah we would love to have families we'd love to get married love to have kids uh but it's just the situation is as such that we don't and so there's not, no judgment there but what there is judgment in is whenever you start to say this is the ideal so i want to play this as clip one i want to play this little clip of this lady what she had to say about this 5 a.m. on a Saturday. I'm 29 and single and I don't have kids yet. Here's what your Saturday morning looks like when you're single at 29 and you don't have a kid running around the house. I didn't rise from my bed until 10.15. Every time I thought, I should probably get up and do something. I thought, why? Nobody's making me. I'm not missing out on anything. I went to Beyonce last night and I didn't get home until 1 a.m. And I danced and drank my little heart out and I didn't pay a babysitter to watch my kids as I did that. And I woke up a tad hungover this morning, which is probably why I was in bed for so long and I was just scrolling on my phone and I saw a picture of Shakshuka and I thought you know what sounds really good 
maybe I'm gonna learn how to make shakshuka today. Cause I have no plans and I don't have kids and I don't have a husband and I don't have errands to run. I can go to the grocery store and learn how to make shakshuka. So that's on my agenda today. Also on my agenda, probably a rewatch of some Real Housewives of New York. I'm also doing a rewatch of Normal People on Hulu, which is really spicy and I highly recommend. Weirdly, I'm into this documentary on Netflix about blue zone countries. So I've got a pretty stacked day. Anyway, I say all this to say, whenever I'm hard on myself about why I'm not married and I don't have kids and I should be further along at 29, almost 30, I wouldn't want to do anything else this Saturday. And I know that you can do all these things when you have kids and you're married and I understand, but the effortlessness and ease of my life, just kind of focusing on myself and the shakshuka I want to make or the Beyonce concert I want to go to really pays off when I'm hard on myself for not being where society tells me I should be in life. Yeah, so there's the video. And I think it's interesting because... In one sense, she's almost mourning it, and I kind of feel bad for her because she's kind of saying she's basically – my interpretation of her is she's basically saying I'm actually really sad that I'm not married and I really want to have kids. But because I'm in the situation I am, I'm coping really, really hard and just saying, oh, yeah, I'm totally happy the way I am. Totally don't want to be married. I'm having the best time of my life. And it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad because you're, you're faking it. You don't actually mean it and you can't mean it because what joy is there in saying, I'm going to go watch Real Hives, Housewives of New York. Is that a fulfilling life? Is that happiness? It's saying, I get to go to Beyonce concert. It's so great. Is that happiness? Is that what our life is for? To go to Beyonce concerts and watch TV? And frankly, if you have time to learn to cook something, why would it be shakshuka? Hey, what even is shakshuka? I, I think know. it's like a like a sort of a tomatoey soup or some sort. I think it's a cold soup. You can hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. If I you're watching no us on the uh, live chat, please let us know what shakshuka is. But I I get upset when I see people like this who talk about uh, you know their routines and things like that. Uh, even though our, our routines have changed uh, very much as uh, first-time parents, I, I do not envy having that much time. Yeah, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about this. There's much that can be said because this is a real crisis. Is a real crisis, and this is why it's so difficult to get married is because of that mentality. So more on this when we come back on Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Which of these is the most difficult for you to objectively believe? Jonah lived in a whale? Moses heard God's voice in a bush? Peter's authoritative declarations would be backed by heaven? Or that Daniel survived the flames of fire? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the results. Most difficult was Jonah, then Daniel, then Moses. The easiest was Peter receiving authority to grant forgiveness. Secondly, the early church was tough. You see, that authority granted to Peter could put one out of the church due to sin, and that same authority was installed to bring one back into the church through personal confession. We understand that reconciliation with the church is inseparable from reconciliation with God. And thirdly, our Bibles are filled with promises, but this promise was to Peter, the apostles, and the generational successors of Peter known as the Catholic bishops. So here's an idea. Take a drive down your street, look up at a Catholic church, and just know this for a fact. That priest inside that church was ordained straight down through the lineage of St. Peter. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to study a section of the catechism. Wouldn't it be great if everyone read the Catechism of the Catholic Church? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. And welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Uh, Before we went to break, we were talking about this Shakshuka girl who was talking about how she's so happy to be 29, single, and not wanting to get married because she's so happy to be able to wake up whenever she wants and not have to worry about anything. And all she gets to do is work on herself. How much work do you got to do on yourself before you can get married? Because I'm be honest, I don't know about you, but personally, I don't think I'm ever going to be perfect. And so I guess I should just never get married because I'm just going to be working on myself until the day I die. Otherwise, I think the proper answer is you don't need to work on yourself obviously you want to try to practice virtue in the state you're in but as long as you are on the path to virtue i think it's okay to try to pursue marriage it's okay because you're never going to be perfect you won't do it you're never going to work on yourself enough and so i think that's very important now i want to play this clip for you and get this take this is clip two with the the view if you've heard of The View, they're a very um, interesting group of women who have very interesting takes. And so they're commenting on this video, and this is what they have to say. On want children, but as a woman, I remember being 28 with two chihuahuas, single, and a woman was trying to help me. And she said to me, you know, don't wait to have kids. And I remember thinking <laughs> she meant it well, but I thought, you think I'm just sitting here chilling? Like, right. I, I, I would like those things, and I don't have them, but women have a biological clock that hopefully with some technology, it's very privileged to be able to do some of those things, but you can prolong it to keep telling women that. Like, she even admits throughout mm-hmm. that video that she feels a pressure. That doesn't help anyone no, I don't, go I don't out think and you meet- should get married or have children before the age of 30. I firmly believe that. I mean, Manny and I were dating for a while, and he's younger than I am, and he wanted to get married in our 20s. He's younger than I am. And I was like, what is this man thinking? I don't want to get married yet. I wasn't ready. I knew that my eggs were going to be turning into dust because my mother kept on reminding me of it. But I was literally like, I I don't know myself yet. I'm trying to get my job off the ground. I'm trying to get my career off the ground. And I think the reason that we've been married for 25 years is because when we got married, I was ready. You were an I adult. Was, I was fully That's an adult. Right. I was outgrown. Right. I have That's so right. many gorgeous, successful Yeah, singles. so this is, this is the take, right? This is the average take. This is your average. And this is why a lot of young men are struggling. And I know a lot of young men, actually, who are going abroad to find spouses. They're going to the Philippines and things like that to find wow. wives because... All the young ladies are waiting to their 30s and 40s to get married. And the guys are like, I want to get married now. I want to have kids now. Not, I don't want to wait. And obviously, it's the there's a lot of men who do the same thing. But it's just simply the case. And the women are like, I want to work on my career. Except that's not what's attractive to a man. It's not a career woman. And the other thing that's interesting is you have this, these women who say these things, right? And these women will be like, I want a man who's going to provide for me, who's going to love me, 
be a great father to my children and have all these things. But saying, but also I want to work. I also want to be a femme boss. I also want to do all these things. I don't want to do the dishes and clean and all these other things. And it's like, where are you going to find that guy from? Like you want to be have a liberal mindset, but you want a conservative man. Like how does that? How does those two things fit? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Rudy, what are your thoughts about this this whole? Well, I can tell you, it is a recipe for disaster when two uh, two people are not ready to get together, and uh, you know you come into these uh, to these marriages with all of this extra baggage, thinking that you're going to be able to uh, you know fulfill yourself in your career, you're going to be fulfilled in the things that you consume, whether it's food or television and all these things, and if you're so um, uh, you know, hell bent on on holding on to these things that we often, you know, we often kind of chalk up to to, to just youth. You know, we you know in our youth we spend and waste a lot of our time. But if we hold on to those things, we're just we're just going to be disappointed in our marriages because that's not the purpose of our marriage. The purpose of marriage, in the Catholic sense, and I think this is where there's a, a great disconnect between us and and the, the culture. It's for the Catholic is the it's it's for the propagation of the human race. Now, granted, of course, you know there there are sometimes people who have uh, um, issues conceiving. I'm not I'm not criticizing those people at all. But the the aim of a marriage is actually the the propagation of the human race. And if we don't have that at our forefront, if that's not what we're we're doing, if we're not open to life, if we're not actually changing our life, putting away the old man, uh, then we're going to be disappointed. Now, it's interesting because this is happening, and many guys, like I mentioned, I have friends who are going abroad to find wives. Why is that? Well, Morgan Stanley, who doesn't have a, have a vested interest politically in this, but I guess kind of, they have a financial interest in this. They reported, by 2030, more than 45% of working women aged 25 to 44 in the United States will be single. That's very interesting. Morgan Stanley quoted a researcher saying, quote, we find that single women outspend the average household, shifting spending profiles towards categories most poised to benefit from the demographic growth in single women with rising incomes. This includes apparel, automotives, mm-hmm. entertainment, and dining. I'm guessing brunch, uh, the sacrament of brunch. The, this is very concerning, and this is very, why it becomes very difficult. And it's difficult for women also to find good men. It bo- goes both ways. Uh, but I've noticed it in this sense that it's being promoted. It's encouraged for women because for men, they kind of stay the same in terms of their financial spending, in terms of the way they spend, the way they use money kind of remains the same. They may not go out drinking as much, uh, but they pretty much stay the same otherwise. Whereas for women, when they settle down, they don't do these kind of things, kind of going out and spending so much money and buying a bunch of clothes because they have to focus more on focusing on the family and saving money for the family and not just spending money on themselves. You have to be selfless, not selfish. And so then society has a vested interest in trying to encourage women to stay single so they can make money off of you. This is why the abortion movement is the way it is because they want women to be men. They want women to be producers. They want women to uh, make money and spend money and to work in the widget factory. That's what they want from women. And they ultimately would be unhappy, which is why these women in The View were saying, whoa, isn't it great that we can freeze our eggs so that way you can, get married, you can have kids when you're like 50? This is not what God intended. God intended for us to get married young. 
to get married in our really our twenties are already you're already uh, late in the game. I'm already late in the game, and so there you go. It's this is simply what God intended, and you will not be happy anywhere else. You have to be. I believe truly, every man and woman is called to be a mother and a father, whether it be as a religious sister, you will be a mother, a spiritual mother, or a religious brother or a priest, you'll be a a spiritual father or a biological mother or father. That is what we're called to be. There is no other vocation for a human being. God made us relational. He made us for each other, not for ourselves. And I think otherwise, you're simply going to be shuffling on the ground and you're going to be thinking, okay, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to go to brunch with my friends. I'm going to do that. But then when you get old, is that going to be the memories you remember? Will it be fulfilling? Yeah, you know, there's this this vacuum, too. I think that the the church really needs to step in into the culture and talk about, um, you know, marriage being being really the the end all be all for for uh, Catholics, you know, and and just the culture generally, because I think most people will have a vocation to marriage. And I think that the young people today, and I, this is me included at that time, you know, when, when I was still dating my, my now my wife, uh, I was thinking, wow, you know, marriage is going to be very difficult. It's going to be, it's going to be strenuous. And yeah, I'm going to have to put away some of the, the, the old man that I have. You know, I, I might have to uh, sacrifice some of myself so that I can make this work. And I think this is a golden opportunity for the church to talk about these real and 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 supernatural graces that we receive at these sacraments you know when you go into a a the the sacrament of holy marriage you're not going into it alone actually god is pouring out so many graces that you're going to need and you're going to rely on every single day it surprises me every single day actually how much i rely on those graces um to be able to achieve a good and holy marriage and so young people may be looking at this and saying, oh, this is just so difficult. What's the point? Why would I want to raise children when I could just consume and uh, then I can just go to lunch whenever I want? I could do whatever I want and, and focus on the self. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's something that, that you're not going to be able to do. You can only do with the grace of God. Yeah, and that's right. The, the situation, they try to encourage divorce they try to encourage murdering your babies they try to encourage you to just swear off relationships mm. this is what they the culture tries to say but god offers more he offers fulfillment of life and this these other things are not fulfilling and many people will say they're, they're said because of the reason why so many people are talking about this because matt walsh uh, commented on this and he was like yeah this is not good and many people were very, very angry at Matt Walsh saying, why are you coming after this lady? She didn't do anything to you. And, well, he's making a comment about this because it's a trend. It's not like she's the only one. Uh, second of all, she's on TikTok posting it, so she's a public figure. So you can comment on it. If you didn't want anybody to comment on it, don't share it to the public. And and that's the other problem with TikTok. Side note, it's the problem with TikTok. It makes everybody an influencer. It makes everybody want to be famous. And then the people get upset when you comment on what you said it's like okay well if you don't want people to comment what you said don't say it publicly and no one else will care but this is not a single instance it's not it's not about this one lady it's about the trend this one lady doesn't it's that's not not really that important obviously we should pray for her that she be uh, converted 
and that she changed her mind about these things and so that way she can actually be happy. But no, if your life revolves around TV and, and movie stars and singers, you're not going to be happy. Having family, having kids, that's going to make you happy. Whatever the sacrifice you have to make for that, that's going to make you happy. And that's really the point of talking about this. It's not about this one lady. And it's not about the other ladies. There was uh, this porn star that came out was like, huh, I've been divorced like four times. I'm the Tom Brady of divorce. And there was another movie star who was like, yeah, I got married when I was 26 and I got divorced by 30. I really encourage women to get divorced. That's your prime earning years where you'll be most happy, be able to buy as many things as you want and vacation as much as you want. Yeah, that's what the culture tells you. That's what the culture tells you. And ask women who are older, got married older. And don't ask the ones who remain, remain single because then they're kind of uh, – They'll lie to you. They'll lie to you, basically. But if you ask the ones who got married later, they'll tell you, I wish I got married younger. I wish I had kids younger. I wish I had more kids. I wish I didn't have just one. And this is simply what it is. And so I'm encouraging people to go out and say, you know what? I'm going to find a spouse. I'm going to find a way to do this. And how do you do so? Well, you're going to have to find, it's going to have to be a selection bias. You're going to have to go and find traditional Catholic communities and go there. Because you're going to want to find people with like-minded ideas. And the only way to do so is to find places where those kind of people segregate themselves. You have to go over there and be a part of those communities. And you'll be able to find somebody. Now, I think that's something that we have to keep in mind. But we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, there is a couple of stories I want to talk about. We'll be right back with more. Ever feel like life's just too busy and too much? There's constant noise, social life, traffic, work, paying bills. It just doesn't seem to let up. Well, maybe it's time for a change. See, God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace and less chaos, find your hope today. Begin at CatholicsComeHome.com. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Many committed Christians hold to this axiom. If it's in the Bible, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, here you go. 1 Timothy 2 states the following about women as related to church life. No braiding the hair, no gold jewelry, no pearls. Just learn in silence and do not teach. Does your pastor comply with these biblical instructions? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, an unpleasant fact. Many self-proclaimed Bible-only churches, sadly, will pick and choose what parts of the Bible are implemented in the life of the church. Secondly, Catholic catechism. Be especially attentive to, quote, the content and unity of the whole scripture. And thirdly, a tough comeback. In order to understand the sacred author's intention, we must take into account culture, audience, and the literary genre. So if your Bible-only church does not strictly obey those instructions, then tell me the reason why. Well, we know, you know, 80% of your church is handled by women. So with those instructions in force, many women will leave your church, maybe even the pastor's wife. Ouch. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray a chaplet. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed the Chaplet of Divine Mercy daily? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. 
I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. It's not as scary as I thought it was. <laughs> it's a much more warm and open place, and God really is about love. It's not about the rules and the things that I remember as a young child. It really is about the love that God has for each one of us that's so um, deep and wonderful. Hi, I'm Von Greta from the University of St. Thomas Houston Graduate Admissions, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. And welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. You know, we were <laughs> talking about, we were talking about of course, the young ladies who are struggling with being brainwashed by society into saying you'll be happy by making money and being single and having brunch and having chihuahuas. That's going to make you happy. I actually like chihuahuas. They're pretty cool. Dude, I do not like chihuahuas. They're very affectionate. Beverly Hills chihuahuas? I've never heard of that before. No. Really? You haven't? That's a show? It's a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like They made like five of them. Huh. Yeah. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Yeah. It's like the Chihuahua is getting pampered and That's hilarious. You've never seen that? No. Dude, it's hilarious. We used to my, oh, my little man. sister loved that that movie and we used to we, I watched it way too many times. It's like I hate that movie now. Yeah, I don't mind Chihuahuas all that bad all that much. I think they're okay. They're very affectionate dogs. Yeah, I wouldn't well, mind having one. The only Chihuahua that I like is Brother Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> a priest friend of mine has a has a dog. His True. Name, his name is Brother Chewy. <laughs> He's a funny looking. He, dog. They made him a little mini Beretta and they put it on him. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty cute. Uh, but no, the there's the now I'm thinking about Beverly Hills Chihuahuas. But anyway, the we were talking about the the young ladies who do that. But uh, during the break, Rude <laughs> and I were talking about the young men as well. It's like oh boy, like dude the the kind of mentality of consumerism. It really infantilizes the men. So the girls, they what they do to the girls is they basically turn them into men. And they're like, you got to go be a girl boss, go make money, go travel, go uh, do all these things. And then they, and post it on Instagram. And then post it on Instagram with you barely wearing any clothes. Um, I basically block anybody. And now I've, what I've done is like every time um, I see somebody who was a friend of mine I used to follow on Instagram, they post a picture of them like half naked. I will just unfollow them right there and then. I'm just like, I'm yeah. done. I'm done. I used to try to not do that because, like, oh, you know, I don't want to make, make people mad at me, and, and and I just want to keep relationships with my past friends. And at this point, I'm just like unfollow. Yeah, I don't have great. that trouble. I just follow bird accounts. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> but the men, what they do, the men is they infantilize them. They turn them into boys forever. They just say, never become a man, never grow up, stay a child. And so now you see grown men buying action figures, buying toys. And literal toys, like people are like men and their toys that talk about power tools or trucks or things like that. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's same thing, same consumerism, same, thing, yeah. same yeah. idea. But it's even worse because it's not even buying power tools. It's like you're buying Funko Pop figures. You're <laughs> buying action figures. You're buying little pillows with anime characters on them. You're, you're dedicating a room to your house for your action figure collection and your posters of music artists and all of this the consumer nonsense that you get sucked into as a man. It's absolutely absurd to me. And, I, and I've seen where, and then so instead of actually going out and becoming a man and doing something with your life, and it's kind of what you said the other day on your birthday last week. We uh, were talking, you're like, man, 
I'm 33. What have I done? I'm like, dude, you brought two eternal souls into the world. Like, you have t- you have kids, My wife bro. Did that. You and your wife, you did it together. What are you talking about? She can't do it by herself. True. They, you have you have two children. You have uh, eternal souls that are in your custody, which is like scary to think about. It is very scary. It's very scary. But there are a lot of people out there who are 40 years old men making and they they will have normal jobs they're making like 80,000 a year, 100,000 dollars a year and then they blow it all off on on only fans, on toys, on action figures, on video games and all these different things and you're like what are you doing with your life? Like is this what life is for? Is this what it's it's so bad. It's bad for men and women. It's just different attacks. It's different attacks and and the men I think it's more hidden. Because no guy, oh, that's not true. There are some guys on YouTube, and they kind of made fun of them, uh, kind of bullied them relentlessly with their uh, soy jack faces. The guys <laughs> are like, oh, my gosh, I have this new, new action figure. Um, but typically, men aren't coming out publicly and saying, like, oh, I'm so happy. I get to play with my Funko Pop figures and look at them in my cabinet because I'm not actually going to even open them and play my video games all day. Obviously, you do have some YouTubers who are like, oh, me reviewing this toy um, like grown men doing that. It's like, you grow up, please. And But for the women, it's like all the time. They're always posting because they just seek that attention. And so they're always doing it. So that's kind of just becomes more part of the um, uh, people talking about it just because it's more public. It's more available to talk about. So I think that's very concerning. I think it's really sad. So we should pray for, the, for everybody that we're able to restore order to people's minds and hearts because it's it's really tragic it's really tragic and i was at a wedding this uh this weekend uh my friend rafe got married it was a really nice wedding very beautiful he had a string quartet playing at the at the reception it was very poor adrian very good. always the groomsman never the groom. never the groom yeah i wasn't even i wasn't a groomsman but nonetheless <laughs> did you catch the bouquet i did no i could yeah <laughs> okay he's next everybody there you go no but it was really nice it was really nice the situation at the wedding was very calm hmm. uh, very respectful um wasn't too crazy uh, very good catholics their actual wedding ceremony it was kind of funny the his mom actually went and bought a ton of veils and oh, went around the church cool. handing them out to all the ladies uh, to wear so they could wear veils and um he had a really strict dress code he was like, uh, like the men have to wear a suit and tie and the women have to dress modestly and he gave like all these like they printed out the rules like please uh, everyone Please follow these rules when you're coming to our wedding. That sounds absurd to some people, but actually we worried about that a lot, uh, especially for our family when we got married, uh, you know, because, you know, we didn't want to have people showing up, uh, you know, with their like slit down the uh, the leg yep. and just like, you know, just egregious sort of overly sexualized clothing that people wear for formal wear, quote unquote, formal wear these days. But uh, yeah, no, I completely understand. That's really cool. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, man, dude, this is um, really awesome that you like had such intentionality behind wanting to keep your wedding wholesome, uh, keep it good, keep it not, not insane, like, oh, it's my wedding day, I get to make an excuse to be bad. Um, it's like, actually, no, you could actually be good on your wedding day. You can actually be good all the time, actually. Uh, it's always, obviously, people sin and fall short of the glory of God, but nonetheless, we should strive to be good. We should try our best to, to be good. And especially in those kind of situations, 
it was also kind of funny because yeah, he got married in Brownsville. That's where he's from. And that area is literally four streets over from Mexico. Like you can you look over to your left and you can see Matamoros uh, right across the street. And um, I went to the cathedral beforehand to go just see the cathedral because it's uh, very pretty. So I went there and I was like, you know, I'm going to get some breakfast while I'm out here. So I walk across the street and get breakfast. To Mexico? No. Oh. no. <laughs> it's still in Brownsville, but it might as well have been Mexico because I walk in and nobody spoke English. Oh, wow. And I don't know Spanish at all. Like not a lick, not a single word in Spanish. You can't navigate through it? I cannot navigate through really? it. Really? And I don't oh, okay. know any Spanish at all. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to order food and they're like looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, does anybody speak English? And all the employees look at each other and just start speaking in Spanish. They're all shaking their head no. And I'm like, uh, okay. And I'm like, this is insane. This is crazy. So Can I have uno uh, taco, please? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I, was, I was struggling. I was on the struggle bus pretty hard, actually. Uh, but nonetheless, it's good to, to have that and to – and I'll be – and for the wedding, though, it was good to have for the wedding. It was interesting, the situation in Brownsville, kind of seeing the influence from Mexico coming across the border. Uh, we went to go, I went, I went to see the border wall as well. And the people just come in and out through the bridge. Like, it's just, uh, I think people come through and work in, in Brownsville and then go back into Mexico. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting to see um, that situation play out. And there's tons of people in that area who just don't even know any English whatsoever. And it's very interesting. It's like you're you're basically in Mexico. Hmm. Very fascinating. Um, the other thing was the amount of like young men who were at the wedding that were just that were good good young men. I was very impressed by by that as well. There's actually it's kind of funny. My, um, my buddy Rafe is pretty popular on Twitter, and he was like, "Oh yeah, it's a it's a Twitter wedding because." Uh, not actually a Twitter wedding. His he met his him and his wife um, knew each other growing up. They were they were they grew up together. But the a bunch of his uh, a bunch of the guys that came to the wedding were from Twitter that he made friends with on Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, that's hilarious. And so it's like the meeting of uh, all these in real life uh, Twitter people, and they're all actually really cool guys. And they're like all of these anonymous accounts, and they're actually all really really good guys, uh, trying to be virtuous, trying to be good, trying to be holy, and the. It's really interesting. It's interesting to see uh, people struggling with, with just the craziness of the world, with the relationships in the world, and trying to navigate those things. And I realize that yeah, there's the internet can be bad. It's usually like ninety percent of the time it is bad, uh, but there is a way to use it to actually foster real community, where we uh, people are traveling across the country for a wedding. And we're getting together and talking about virtuous things, talking about good things. And I thought that was really nice. It was kind of surprised by it. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a way to do these things is to try to find communities that way. Try to find communities on the Internet if you can't find them in, in your parish. Because uh, it's hard. It's hard to find those kind of communities in real life. So maybe that's the way to do it and then move. I had one friend who moved across the country who was from Brownsville who moved across the country because he met a guy on Twitter who offered him a job. They became friends. He was like, Oh, I'm have a job here. Do you want to come here? And he was like, uh, sure. And he got his family up his wife and his kids. And they moved across the country because some guy on Twitter offered him a job. That's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. 
That's so. what happened to me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Is that some dude on YouTube? <laughs> some dude on YouTube hit me up, sent me an email, and uh, here I am. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Now, so last thing I want to say is we are going to go into our Sherathon coming up tomorrow. Uh, right now, if you're in Amarillo, you're actually in your Sherathon right now, so you're not even hearing me. The but tomorrow across the Guadalupe Radio Network, we are going to be doing our fall Sherathon, and we'd be very grateful if you would be if you would generously be a donor of the Guadalupe Radio Network of Catholic Drive Time in particular. And so if you care about Catholic Drive Time, if Catholic Drive Time has provided you any spiritual benefit or any benefit at all, uh, we'd be grateful if you would kindly give a donation, a pledge of support. Um, and also it can be part of your almsgiving. Every single one of us is obligated by divine law, by precept, to give alms. And we are a, a Catholic charity, and if you donate, that would go for your alms. Obviously it goes for tax write-offs and things like that, 501c3, all that jazz. Uh, but more importantly, we have an obligation to give alms, and this is uh, one way that you can do so. Uh, traditionally, it was understood that you were to give 10%. That's why it was called a tithe, a 10%. And that tithe could be broken up into several ways. You could, you're you supposed to give a percentage. Usually it was depicted about 5% to your parish, and the other 5% it was supposed to be for any organization or group that provided you spiritual benefit. And so you give to the poor, things like that. You give to organizations that provide you spiritual benefit. Maybe you, you frequent a particular parish for confession, but that's not actually your parish. Uh, you should donate to that parish if there's a particular uh, ministry that you listen to often that helps you, that makes you uh, grow in your spiritual life, that informs and inspires you perhaps. Um, then you should give uh, a percentage of that tithe to those communities so there is a, a little bit of something there. Obviously, the current laws in the church do not demand 10%. It just simply says um, to provide for the, for the temporal needs of the church. And so that is not broken down into any particular percentage. Um, but it is a laudable thing to try to give 10%, uh, give what you can. And if you could provide for us, and if we provided for you, um, then we would be very grateful if you would provide for us. Uh, thank you very much in advance. You can call in any time next week, and we will be able to take your pledge of support. You can also donate online. You can just go to grnonline.com, grnonline.com, and donate there. Um, lastly, we are going to be on at the 9 a.m. Central Time hour. So if you want to call in during our hour and donate specifically to our hour, 9 a.m. Central. And if you would like to say, hey, um, Adrian, I want to give you a call and give you some donation now that you can plug in during your hour uh, please give me a call. Uh, you can find my contact information at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Be very grateful for your help. Now, we're going to go into our Fear and Trembling game show. Whoever calls in now will be the winner of the prize because we're only going to have the game show today for today for this week. So call in now. 1-800-476-3311. That number, 1-800-476-3311. And you could be our contestant you could be a winner this week because we always take the first caller 1-800-476-3311
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Have you ever replaced pronouns in the Bible such as who, whom, whosoever, ye, you, etc., and replaced those words with your name and therefore you personalize the Bible to yourself? Do you do that? Is that a safe way to read the Bible? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, Bible complexity. Mechanics study motors. Architects study design. Linguists study syntax. But for the most part, Christians don't study the how-tos of safe biblical interpretation called hermeneutics. Secondly, Aquinas. In the Summa, we see the caution. Aquinas says of the Bible, quote, the manner of its speech transcends every science because in one and the same sentence, while it describes a fact, it reveals a mystery and thirdly, a tough comeback. I know it seems plausible to simply say the Bible is a love letter straight from God to humanity, but wait a minute. A sentence or a paragraph in a love letter has context. Yes, with great caution, we can personalize some context, but remember, when you're at the central figure in the Bible, God isn't, and that's just wrong. It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. I apologize. A second ago, I was had a share on my brain. I was giving out the share number, which, I mean, you're welcome to call that, too, and donate. But the number to call to join the Fear and Trembling Game Show is 877-757-9424. We take the first caller, and whoever calls in now will not only be the contestant, but they will also be the winner this week because we only have the show this day today because we have share next week. That number, 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four. Make sure you call in, and you can be a contestant. I keep now. I just really have. I just have nothing but a share on my brain now, and I was like, <laughs> I, was, I almost gave out the other number again, again. I was like, oh my goodness, why am I doing this? I'm guessing I'm gonna be ready for tomorrow. Whenever we give out the number, I'll be prepared. Now, if you may be listening for the first time, you're like, dude, what on earth are you talking about right now? We're playing our Fear and Trembling game show. I have three Catholic trivia questions for you. And here is the trick, though. I'm not going to ask you them. I'm going to ask Rudy the questions. He's going to give me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not Rudy is right or whether or not he is wrong. So that means even if you just guess, there's a 50-50 chance of you getting the answer correct. And every right answer goes into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence, but today you will just win. And so you just got to get one answer correct and you will win. And But the prize this week is what, Rudy? Well, thanks be to God. Since we're only going to be playing the Fear and Trembling game show this day, today on Monday, we're going to give out a CDT prize pack. And I'm going to throw in some extra goodies in there. You're going to get a, a replica of the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. But you're also going to get a couple other things like some prayer cards and a book of our choosing. Oh, there you go. There you go. We do have a lot of books that we can give away to you. So I'm looking forward to giving that away today. All you have to do is get one question right, and you will be able to win that prize today. And oh, my goodness, 
the phone lines lit up. We just like we can't even take any more calls. So thank you to everybody who called in. Um, if you all could uh, do the same thing at nine o'clock tomorrow and during our shareathon hour, <laughs> I would be grateful. Uh, <laughs> but next bad. week we will be back with the game show, and so you can call in next week. But thank you to everybody who called in. But joining us right now is Izzy. Good morning to you, Izzy. Good morning. Now, Izzy, where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from uh, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Praise be to God. I've been the in the in the stomping ground of Cecil Anderson and Dave Palmer. Uh, what is it like to be in the same city as Dave Palmer every day? I tell you, it's a blessing. Uh, I've actually gotten to meet Dave uh, a, a couple of occasions, so uh, uh, very humbled too and grateful that uh, we get to hear him on a regular basis. Honestly, I, I think Dave is uh, one of the coolest guys I've ever met. So praise True. be to God. Yep. Praise be to God. Now, Izzy, are you familiar with the game? You know how to play? Yes, I am familiar. Perfect, perfect. And you know that Rudy can be tricky, and I'm looking at the questions here, and I could actually, these is actually, some of these are pretty difficult. So all you got to do is get one right, and you'll win. So let's see. Are you ready to play? I am ready. All right, it's let's jump into it. Monday. It's hard question Monday. <laughs> all right, Rudy, question number one for you. Okay, let's do it. Win was the first Christian Pentecost held? Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a trick question, Adrian. It was held in 1969. It is what they called a revival. A revival. A revival. You gotta say it like that. And there was, it was in a tent. Oh. Yeah, 1969. Wow. Well, there you go, folks. There you go. All right, Issy. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, when was the first Christian Pentecost held? Rudy says, 1969, when there was a revival. Uh, what say you, Issy, from Dallas, Texas? I think Rudy's trying to be tricky again. Again? Uh, oh, well, let's see if you're right about that. Let's uh, see. Survey says... That is correct. He was trying to be tricky. Rudy, what's the right answer? I hope that uh, you guys have good lawyers. Okay. Because I'm going to sue you for defamation. Oh. I am right. not tricky. <laughs> oh, there you go, folks. <laughs> yeah, the first uh, Christian Pentecost was actually uh, in uh, 30 AD, approximately. Oh, and it was wow. with uh, St. Peter. There you go, folks. Yeah. There you go. The first Christian Pentecost. Uh, the uh, tongues as a fire bearing above the heads. Our Lady was there. You know, many people forget. I always say whenever I pray the, the Glorious Mysteries, I'm like, the, the Holy Ghost descended upon the Apostles and Our Lady. Mm -hmm. I always mention because Our Lady was there at Pentecost. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. All right, Issy, you've already won, uh, but just for fun, let's continue playing the game. Are you ready for question number two? Yes, I am. All right, let's do it. Question number two for you, Rudy. When especially... Does God give us actual grace? Actual grace. Actually. That's uh, with, an, with a That's X. an asterisk right there. Actual grace right there. Term actually. being actually. Yes. It's at the time of trial and temptation. That is mm. when God gives us actual grace so that we can turn the other direction, throw ourselves into a thorn bush, uh, literally get up and walk away. Grab an axe and chop down that tree. Exactly. There you go. All right. All right. You're saying that in time to trial and temptation. Yes. That's your answer. All right. 15 seconds on the clock, Issy. The question on the board is, when 
especially does God give us actual grace. Not a actual, but actual. A totally different word. Uh, Texans in our in our in our weird way of saying words, like like the way we pronounce T's as D's. What's up with that? Why do we do that? Like when we say uh, martyr, we say martyr instead of martyr. Anyway, this is a complete side note. Uh, Fifteen seconds on the clock. The question on the board: When especially does God give us actual grace? Uh, Rudy says, in times of trial and temptation. Uh, what say you, Issy from Dallas, Texas? This is one that I need a lot, so I'm going to agree with you Rudy agree on this with Rudy. one. All right. Survey says that is correct. Way to go. Yes. And in fact, um, in, my, in my little missile, in my little missile that I have, I have uh, for confession, one of the things in the meditation confession is failing to go to Our Lady in times of temptation. Ooh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I confess that sometimes like, dang it. I knew I should have went to Our Lady when I was having temptation. Instead, I did not do it. So, gosh darn it. I uh, should chastise myself more for that. Uh, but way to go, Issy. Praise be to God. Let's pray for actual grace. Let's pray in times of temptation. Uh, but you're doing great. Are you ready for question number four or three? Yes, I, I, am. Math. I can't even count today. What's <laughs> up with me today? Uh, question number three, not question number four. Question number three. Let's jump into it. All right, Rudy. I'm going to need you to name for me four things. Maybe that's why I said four. Uh, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to, I'm just going to go with that. I'm just going to say that's why I said that. Uh, name the four ends of prayer. The four ends of prayer. Okay, this is generally. But some great advice that I got recently is to apply these to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Okay. So kind of think about these things before you go into the Mass. Those things are adoration, Thanksgiving, supplication, and reparation. So if you have trouble remembering things, it's actually just ACTS. ACTS is the acronym for this. Adoration, Thanksgiving, supplication, and reparation. Actually. Actually. ACTS. ACTS. Actually ACTS. ACTS. Okay. Okay. Can I ask you something? You can ask me any question you want. Great. Um, Actually, I'm asking you the questions. So there you go. All right, Issy. 15 seconds on the clock. Rudy's like, dude, that was not funny at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The question on the board is, name the four ends of prayer. He says it's adoration, thanksgiving, supplication, and reparation or contrition, otherwise known as acts. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. What say you, Issy, from Dallas, Texas? I'm going to agree with Rudy on this one as well. Again? You're going to agree with him twice? Well, maybe I won't yeah. sue him. Maybe you shouldn't. All right. <laughs> Let's see. Survey says... Way to go, Izzy. Praise be to God. That's three for three. And yeah, it is acts. A-C-T-S. Adoration, contrition, thanksgiving, supplication. Um, we replace it with reparation. Same, same idea. Please supplicate on our behalf today. Amen. Amen. We'd be very grateful. All right, Izzy. Praise be to God. You are, I was going to say we draw a name out, but you are the winner. So congratulations. How do you feel? Uh, Great. I feel great. What a great way to start the week. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Well, where are you off to this day? Where are you headed? Uh, I'm actually heading back home from from Mass this morning. Oh, praise be to God. That's awesome. Well, there you go. Have a great day and have a great week. We're very grateful for you calling in. Uh, make sure that you wait and hold because we need to make sure we get your contact information so we can send you that prize and that prize being our coffee cup of divine providence. 
and a prize pack of other goodies. So make sure that you stay on the line. Great. Thank you. All right. I'm going to put you on hold. And that's going to do it for the radio side. If you can join us in the after show, we'd be very grateful. Today's actually going to be, speaking of actually, today's going to be the only day this week that we have an after show. So if you would like to join us, we'd be very grateful to have you in our after show to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. It'll be a very good time, I'm sure. And we also will be having our share starting tomorrow. And we would be very grateful if you would, in fact, call in during our hour, which is 9 a.m. Central. Or if you call in any time, we'd be grateful if you gave us a little bit of a shout-out. It would be very fun to have you there. Um, but be generous. We'd be very grateful. We are only on air on doing our game show, doing our news, doing our informing and inspiring because of your generous donation. So gener- the donations dry up, and we dry up as well. So we're very grateful for your help. If you want to help in another way, you can always hop on to our social media streams and share our content with other people. Liking, subscribing, sharing, and commenting are the best ways to help our show grow. So we're very grateful if you would do that for us. You can do that. Hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter, uh, any of those platforms. Like, share, subscribe, comment. All those things help tremendously. And if you listen to our podcast, Leave a review wherever it is that you listen to your podcast at, and we'd be very grateful for that. All those things help tremendously. But God bless you. God love you. We'll see you very soon, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, or I'll see you in the after show. God bless you. God love you. And we'll see you very soon. And remember, Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. Viva Cristo Rey. Make sure you check us out. grnonline.com forward slash cdt grnonline.com forward slash cdt thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time again that's facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Live at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel, home of the Soul Community. Today, on this memorial of September 11th, we offer a special Mass for the preservation of peace and justice. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is offered for all those, all those joining us on Guadalupe Radio, online, and those here present. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. Under the shadow of thy throne, thy saints have dwelt secure. Sufficient is thine arm alone, 
and our defense is sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. O God, who have revealed that peacemakers are to be called your children, grant, we pray, that we may work without ceasing to establish that justice which alone ensures true and lasting peace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the Church, of which I am minister in accordance with God's stewardship given to me, to bring to completion for you the word of God, the mystery hidden from ages and from generations past. But now it has been manifested to his holy ones, to whom God chose to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. It is Christ in you, the hope for glory. It is he whom we proclaim, admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. For this I labor and struggle in accord with the exercise of his power working within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I am having for you and for those in Laodicea and all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged as they are brought together in love, to have all the richness of assured understanding for the knowledge of the mystery of God, Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The Word of the Lord. In God is my safety and my glory. In God is my safety and my glory. Only in God be at rest, my soul, for from him comes my hope. He only is my rock and my salvation. My stronghold, I shall not be disturbed. In God is my safety and my glory. Trust in him at all times, O my people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge.
in God is my safety and my glory. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. My sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them and they follow me. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you. On a certain Sabbath, Jesus went into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely to see if he would cure on the Sabbath so that they might discover a reason to accuse him. But he realized their intentions and said to the man with the withered hand, Come up and stand before us. And he rose and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath rather than to do evil? to save life rather than to destroy it. Looking around at all of them, he said to, the, he said to him, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was restored. But they became enraged and discussed together what they might do to Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The curing of this man with the right hand that is withered really has Old Testament illusions. First of all, we go not so far, far from the time of Jesus to Psalm 137, that beautiful psalm of lament of the people who were in exile by the rivers of Babylon. There we sat and wept. And there's one particular line, that beautiful, sad psalm, which says, If I forget you, Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. So the withering of that right hand had some connection with forgetting Jerusalem. Now, actually, that psalm also had to do with those who had come back from exile. When they came back to Jerusalem, they sort of took their time in rebuilding the temple. They kind of took their time of getting things back in order. And so the, the withering of the right hand was, in a way, a, 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 a God punishing them for forgetting about what was the most important thing of reestablishing the proper order, that is, God's house. And then, of course, everything else would fall under that. But even if we go back to the very beginning of creation, uh, when God created man and woman, and Adam stretches out his hand to take that fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil and to eat it, of course, what's the curse is that, well, now labor becomes more, much more difficult for men and women. And then um, the, the, we would till the soil, but it would just bring up thorns and, and, and briars and so on and so forth. That the, the, the right hand then does not stretch out to do the good works of God. On the other hand, maybe from the point of view of the Pharisees, and maybe we even sometimes feel it in our time, or some people look at it this way, that the right hand of God, the power of God, is somehow withered. God does not have, he's not strong enough, he does not have power. In Jesus restoring this man's hand, it's interesting, perhaps Jesus, although it doesn't say so specifically in the gospel, did Jesus take his right hand 
to restore the, the right hand of the power of God to restore this man's right hand so that we would do good rather than evil, to save life rather than to destroy it. Of course, underneath all of this is the, is the whole idea of it being the Sabbath. The Sabbath, of course, for the, for the Jews, was uh, they did not do any work because that was the way that they would imitate God. They would be like God because God rested on the seventh day, on the Sabbath. That would make them like God. So, of course, Jesus doing a quote-unquote work of healing would be considered to be unlike God. But that's why Jesus' question is so important. I ask you, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath rather than to do evil, to save life rather than to destroy it? Restoring that man's hand and, re and the Lord restoring our right hand so that we could do the good that the Lord requires and asks of us, or I should say invites us to do, and so to give him glory and praise. Let's ask the Lord to, to fill us with his graces and his blessings so that we may do the good that he asks of us, to, uh, to the good that is uh, justice uh, to our neighbor, to give them what is their due, to restore peace throughout the world. And especially on this day, we remember September 11th, uh, that our hands would be restored to really do good throughout the world so that we can bring true justice and peace that God wills to the world today. Let us bring our petitions before the Lord. Let us pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for the Holy Church of God. We pray to the Lord. For those who govern us, may they listen diligently to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit to bring about true justice and peace that God wills in this world, and they would always respect life and human dignity. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray for all those who, who serve us as firefighters and police, police officers uh, on this day, Thanksgiving, for their service in protecting us. Let us pray to the Lord. In remembrance of September 11th, for all who lost their lives, their lost their loved ones, all those who lost their lives in trying to, to restore life to others, uh, to preserve their life, for all, for all those who, have, who died in that tragedy, let us pray to the Lord. Pray for an end to all hatred and violence and terrorism throughout the world. Let us pray to the Lord. Take a moment and silence off for the prayers we hold in our hearts. For these special intentions, those who have asked us to pray for them, those joining us on Guadalupe Radio and online, let us pray to the Lord. Heavenly Father, hear the prayers we bring before you this day and answer them according to your holy will. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands, and will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine, work of human hands, become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the saving sacrifice of your Son, the King of Peace, offered under sacramental signs that signify peace and unity, strengthen, we pray, O Lord, concord among all your children, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for just as through your beloved Son you created the human race, so also through him with great goodness you formed it anew. And so it is right that all your creatures serve you, all the redeemed praise you, and all your saints with one heart bless you. Therefore, we too extol you with all the angels, as in joyful celebration we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Sunceli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis. Benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. To you, therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices, which we offer you firstly for your holy Catholic Church. Be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite, and govern her throughout the whole world. Together with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all those who holding to the truth, hand on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants. And all gathered here whose faith and devotion are known to you. For them we offer you this sacrifice of praise, where they offer for themselves and all who are dear to them for the redemption of their souls in hope of health and well-being and paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, mother of our God and Lord, Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, and all your saints, we ask that through their merits and prayers and all things we may be defended by your protecting help. Therefore, Lord, we pray, graciously accept this oblation of our service, that of your whole family. Order our days in your peace, 
and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable, so that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, and with eyes raised to you, O God, and Heavenly Father, giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands, and once more giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world. For by your cross and resurrection, you have set us free. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the blessed passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ, your Son, our Lord, we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts that you have given us, this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance and to accept them as once you were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham, our father in faith, and the offering of your high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. In humble prayer we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high, in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servants who have gone before us with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ, a place of refreshment, light, and peace. To us also, your servants, who those sinners, hope in your abundant mercies. Graciously grant some share in fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon through Christ our Lord through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord. You sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, 
All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Let's offer to the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tollis peccata mundi, dona nobis pace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy. Enter under my roof. Only say the word in my soul. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, says the Lord. For those unable to receive communion and those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine. All praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine. All praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. Let us pray. Bestow on us, we pray, O Lord, the spirit of charity, so that sustained by the body and blood of your only begotten Son, we may be effective in nourishing among, nurturing among all the peace that he has left us who lives and reigns forever and ever. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Mita Dulcedo, Et spes nostra salve, a te clamamus, exules filii heve, a te suspiramus, gementes et flintes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Emily Garcia from St. Rose of Lima Catholic Community. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. 
radio for your soul.